This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 140, Christ-Centered Social Media. everybody. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. Hello. And we're both feeling all sorts of grateful, happy feelings. Yes. Because we get to do this work. I love it so much. More than we can express. Seriously. We seriously love it. This is such a unique one and a special one. I will say, we have had a lot of very powerful moments for Becky and I Mm. while recording. I would say this experience of recording this episode is up there easily, easily in my top three. And in fact, maybe the most powerful experience I have ever had recording. Which is interesting because it's about social media. Mm -hmm. But also, did you see that Jesus is in the title? (laughs) Like, what? Mm -hmm. What? Like, it's... It's it's good. It's It's so good. good. And this is something that selfishly, personally, I'm really proud and I'm really happy is a recorded, documented conversation Mm -hmm. because I think it is like the most vulnerable bearing of souls Mm -hmm. and also eternal truth. Mm -hmm. And also I hope listener that you find hope and that you find a little bit of the refuge of like the craziness of the world right now. I hope that this gives you a moment of peace and a moment of hope. Amen. And all the amens. And I will add that we both feel really, um, grateful that this is a part of our personal legacy. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that's where you're going with that is Absolutely. it's a recorded piece that's added to all these other wonderful, we're so proud of the the guests that we've had on, the conversations that's always going on here. But this one is particularly special. We hope that you find the same in that. And so before we share that, we do want to share a quick word from this week's sponsor. We hear it on repeat from customers. The BH Simple notebooks continue to be a favorite and for good reason. The size, perfect. The Mm -hmm. paper is perfect. Mm -hmm. Your pens don't bleed through. The quality is impeccable and the spiral binding is just the right size for your favorite pen. Truly. Not only that, but each notebook design has a very special story behind it. And around here, you know we are all about the stories. As always, our notebooks are found at shopbeckyhiggins.com. And we also want to be sure that you know about the most recent launch of six brand new designs. Yep, we created a whole collection of notebooks exclusively for Deseret Book. You can find those at your nearest Deseret bookstore or online. In fact, we've gathered some of our favorite Deseret book items into a custom webpage, which is desbook.com forward slash Becky. The notebooks are not eligible for the discount, but regardless of what you buy at Deseret book, be sure to enter the code Becky at checkout for a 10% discount on select products. Well, Beck, this is this is a very um, special tender. episode. Tender is yeah. a good way to put it. And I just kept saying to her before I hit record, like, can I do this? Can I do this? Yeah, we can do this. <laughs> we, we can, do, can this. do this. And why, you may wonder, why is it so tender? We're talking about um, a topic of social media, but it is tender and you'll see why. But there, mm. are, there are a few things that we would like to just give context to and explain Um, because as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we know that a lot of you share our faith. That's great. Mm -hmm. We know that a lot of you do not. That's great, right? right? We have a a beautiful faith 
um, community here, for the most part, many, most of you, the large majority of you are, um, you're Christian. You believe as we do in Jesus Christ. Right. Um, and if you don't also wonderful, great, we like celebrate faith in general. Right. And, um, because we are in that specific faith, there are a few things that we want to give context to. Absolutely. We're not asking you to necessarily agree with our faith or join our faith necessarily, but we do want to give you context. So as we do talk about social media, um, the first thing I want to mention is there are several scriptures that are so near and dear to me that have helped me to really frame my use of social media that come from a book of scripture called the Doctrine and Covenants. And so we want to give you context context and explain what is the Doctrine and Covenants. Let's start there. So Beck, well, do you want to explain that? And I kind of wonder too, like, mm-hmm. you know, if anyone ever has questions about our faith, there's a lot of um, information out there, as is with all things, good, bad, truthful, not truthful. Mm-hmm. I promise I will never, ever be upset embarrassed, ashamed, like you can ask me offended. Offended. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Any Mm -hmm. question about any of it. Totally. I am absolutely always available to answer any questions. Same. And we're both very accessible on Instagram. Totally. And, and we, we love our faith. Mm -hmm. Our our faith is the anchor of my life. Mm -hmm. It's literally the thing that holds me, you know, in, in the center of, of all the good things. But there is some historical context we want to give you. And I wonder, I wonder if there's some people out there who have had questions about like, oh, I've heard this or what about that? And we're just going to give you a brief historical context so you kind of understand um, this book Becky was talking about, The Doctrine yeah. of Covenants. And mostly because I am quoting scriptures from that book um, throughout the, right. this, this episode. And yeah. again, if you don't agree we love you totally fine like this is a safe place where everyone of all beliefs or no beliefs are welcome and also um these this is all still applicable even if you don't like the book agree with the book you will feel the application of the principles that i'm going to share so it's it's still all good it doesn't have to be about in truth and religion yes (laughs) Yes. this is not a religion per per se episode we just wanted to give you the context okay for sure so in in our church we have um a few books of scripture okay so we have the holy bible which Mm -hmm. has old testament and new testament many of our christian friends um, are very familiar with the Bible, right? With all all the great gospels, the the account of Christ's ministry um, in the Middle East in Jerusalem during his life, precious, powerful, incredible book of scripture. We also have the Book of Mormon. So let me give you just a quick overview explanation yeah. of what the Book of Mormon is. So as as many people are aware, Christ um, came to earth, right, as a baby in Bethlehem. We know that story. People are very familiar with that and had a ministry throughout kind of the Middle East area, right? And then he died and was resurrected, and that's covered in the Bible. Um, So we believe that Christ also um, had a ministry in the Americas. Mm -hmm. So to the ancient people in the Americas, much like he ministered in Jerusalem. Now it wasn't a full lifespan, but it was kind of a visitation of, of those people in the Americas to teach them to Uh, let mm -hmm. after, after after he, um, after he, after he passed away, after the atonement, um, he appeared to the people in the Americas and it was just essentially to let them know that he loved them and he was there and to, to give that people, um, hope, right? Mm-hmm. To give them hope in Christ. And that is the accounting in the Book of Mormon. Yep. It takes, it's Christ's ministry in the Americas. Um, 
it's a great companion to the Bible. They do not contradict each other. It is very much like an enhancement of the Bible. Okay, and and it's also the Book of Mormon is another witness of Jesus Christ. Absolutely, literally. So mm-hmm. the the Bible is a witness. The Book of Mormon is a witness. That's why we think of them in tandem. Exactly, both incredible books of scripture. So I know that sometimes. You know, I've gotten that question before, like, oh, do you not believe in the Bible? Oh. Or do you not believe in Christ? Are you not Christian? Number oh. one, very, very Christian. <laughs> Literally that. Church of Jesus. Right. Christ like Christian, of... <laughs> Christian, Christian. Yes. And also like absolutely love, adore. Mm-hmm. The importance of the Bible is not at all diminished by the existence of the Book of Mormon. It's enhanced rather. Exactly. Because they totally. Of, because of what we learned from the Book of Mormon. It's beautiful companionship. Beautiful. And, yeah. and for me, when I learned that there was this Book of Mormon and that Christ did appear in the Americas for me, I was like, well, of course he did. Like, he didn't just love these people. Like, of course, he's going to let all his children know that he that he is here, that he lived, that he died, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what the Book of Mormon is. Um, the Doctrine and Covenants is a more recent book of Scripture. And let me, it's a more historical book of Scripture. And you may have heard of Joseph Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the person who... Um, Reestablished, reestablished the Lord's church. The Lord's yeah. church, okay. Mm-hmm. And he was a boy mm-hmm. in New York, much like I was a girl a in New normal, York. Normal, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. You were a girl in New York. A he was struggling, a normal, normal kid. developing yeah. kid, flawed, who, who honestly wanted to pray. He had a mother who was very versed in the Bible, had a great faith in the Bible, and it says that Joseph Smith was kind of like a little bit racked with torment of some of the failings of mortality and his sins, and as we all do through development, and he he wanted to feel better. And he was confused. There was a lot of um, excitement. It was a very religious, it was like... A religious revival. Yes, it was a revivalist time. So lots of churches, lot, and he was very confused. Yeah. And he didn't want to pick like the wrong church. And he just wanted to know how to connect with God. But essentially, he wanted to know how to feel better. Like he wanted to know how to feel better and to connect with God. And so he went to the woods and he prayed. He prayed his little heart out. He wanted to just know, like, God, are you there? Like Mm -hmm. all these questions we all have. Mm -hmm. And through that experience, um, God was able to use this very willing, very open, very humble, faithful, humble child, educated, (laughs) and was able to teach him and was able to. Um, instruct him. And so under the direction of God, Joseph Smith established the Church of Jesus Christ. Reestablished, really. Yes, reestablished. It's like like the Lord was instructing him on how to bring that back so that the teachings could, you know, be there in its fullness again. And, And so a lot of things in our church very, very much echo the ancient church. It's the same church you read about in parts of the Old Testament. It's very, very, very similar organizationally wise, all of it to Christ's ministry and how he ministered and that Christ is really that the, the, the director, the head, the like, the mm-hmm. example of the gospel. And so the Doctrine and Covenants is this book of scripture because Joseph Smith um, in during this work obviously had a lot of opposition. He eventually was murdered. Um, I mean, you talk about a marginalized group of people right. and, and many people may not know this, but it was legal. There was a thing called Mormon, Mormon extermination order in Missouri, where it was literally totally legal to just massacre Mormons. And they were massacred. There's for a, a lot of, time. for a long, long time. And yeah. it was a horrific, um, a horrific just moment, I think in our nation's history. But mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of groups of marginalized people that come from this history of just 
just horrific, mm-hmm. horrific violence. And, and certainly that was a part of, of Joseph Smith's life, of the church's life. And so his the Doctrine and Covenants is the historical accountings of of the kind of creation of the church, mm-hmm. um, of the communication with God, of God teaching Joseph and other people how to communicate with him and how to gain access to heaven. And it's um, based so much in the questions that they had, not just I Joseph, love that. but like mm-hmm. all the people around him, family, friends, people who were like with him yeah. trying to get this going. And they had questions. They, they wanted to have a better understanding of of what to do and also how they were mm-hmm. in the Lord's eyes, you know? Yeah. And so it's almost like this, this, this tutoring, this question and answer and question and answer. Mm-hmm. It, it is a different style of scripture than you might be used to if you're not familiar with the doctrine and covenants. Yes. And it is so, it is, there's so much that's applicable to our day in the because way. Because it's all about struggle. Oh, it's just, it, it's there you all go. about like, yes. Man, this is hard, and I don't even know what the right thing to do is. And God, what is the right thing to do? Do you even know me? Do you like it's right. all those? And I think for me, um, kind of the thing I want to pull out of this, other than the historical context, which I think you do need, as Becky shares some some of the passages from the Doctrine and Covenants, is like really amazing things happen when we're willing to be honest mm-hmm. about how we're feeling and we cry out in honesty to God. And so I would encourage people, like if you're feeling doubt if you're feeling sadness if you're feeling like are you there do you know me like what do you think of me if you're feeling angry because the circumstances in your life have been unjust and unfair and hard and you're just god what in the heck like are you serious Mm -hmm. like cry out Mm -hmm. cry out in honesty like the the thing that this book gives me more than anything else is a knowledge that i don't and this is gospel according to becky so I don't think God wants us to fear him or fear talking to him or feel like we need to like be a certain way to appear before him or to, to pray to him. Right. I think he just wants open and honest communication. Yeah. Yeah. And so rather... He wants an opportunity to express his love to us. Exactly. He wants an opportunity to teach us, to help us feel his yes. love for him and to feel his direction. Mm-hmm. But we can't do that unless we open unless ourselves Unless we're up. honest. Yeah. And so... If any feelings you have towards God, I think he wants to know about them. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I think about it, you know, parenthood and, and being able to be a mom. I think I get to see a glimmer of like what Heavenly Father wants for us. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if my kids come to me and are angry with me or had a crappy day or had a wonderful day or they achieved or they didn't achieve. I just want them to talk to me. That's right. I just want them to include me in their lives. And I view God as very much the same. It doesn't matter what we're saying. It's just that we're saying something. Mm-hmm. And that is what the Doctrine and Covenants means to me, is that God wants to hear from his children. And, and holy miracle, God speaks to his children. Not just incredible people. Not just perfect people. Ordinary, every simple, single flawed, person. flawed. <laughs> I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, are we all flawed, right? right? Like imperfect, young, old bond and free everyone he there wants is, to talk there's to no us. state that you can find yourself in that your loving god does not want to be there with you right and that to me literally changed my life mm-hmm. because right there at that moment when i decided to like like joseph smith explore like god are you there are you mm-hmm. really there he was there and i was broken and he was there and when i'm whole he's there and when i'm unsure he's there and this is what that book of scripture kind of tells us. 
our sweet listener who thought we were going to be talking about social media. <laughs> we are. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. I hope that you feel the love and what we're sharing with you. We just wanted to give you context, and I hope that you also feel that in addition to the context, you feel our genuine love for our for what we understand about, and there's so much we don't understand, of course. Uh, yeah. Hello. Oh, that's part of it, right? <laughs> that's part of it. Yes. yes. That's part of it, is we will forever and always in this life never understand everything, and so we continue to open ourselves up to him to ask our questions and to be receptive to what he wants us to feel and know. Mm-hmm. And so thank you. I think, Becky, that was a perfect way to describe the context because I am going to be sharing so many passages and scriptures from the Doctrine and Covenants that it felt wrong to not at least explain what yes. that book of scripture is. Um, because we're talking about an angle with social media that is more um, driven by kind of that spiritual nature of what we can do with social media in a very powerful and positive and light-filled way. The other thing I just want to give a quick explanation to is a word that I just, I don't know what it means to people, but maybe you and I can share what it means to us. And that word is going to come up a few times because I can't not say the word, and that is discipleship. Mm. What is discipleship? And I, the way I think of it, I think of my love of the Savior, right? I love him. I'm trying to learn from him. I want to be like him. I want to represent him. I want other people to feel his love through what I do. And so to me, that's what discipleship is. Almost regardless of your faith style, faith platform, well, air quotes, religion, like if you love Jesus Christ and you want to represent him and you want to turn to him and help turn other people to him, you're a disciple. So discipleship is that representation Mm. and that openness. What is it to you? Discipleship to me um, just means that when people interact with me that I hope that they feel loved I hope that they feel that being around me in some way helps them to be more themselves because I think that that is Christ's mission right he wants everyone to have a place and everyone to feel loved and everyone to feel hope and so discipleship to me just means that I am bringing Christ and when I say Christ I mean the attributes of Christ I mean I hope that people when they listen to things I say when they're in my presence. I don't want them to feel frantic or hopeless. I I don't want my presence or my energy to ever bring someone down, to make them feel marginalized, to make them feel less than. I hope that my, that my life serves to like bring people hope and love. Mm. And so trying to align how I act with the savior trying to just emulate him and learn from him and how he how he loved people i want to love better and so discipleship to me is that journey of loving better loving mm-hmm. how how he loved and and of course i'm not perfect like right i'm sure that many people have interacted with me and not been like well she was of on course. one right you know of what course. i mean we're human but it's that yeah. ongoing effort to just try to emulate that love and not just for other people, for myself Mm -hmm. and how I think and view myself because it allows me to live in a way that makes me happy and allows me to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that was Christ's ministry. Totally. Wow. Okay. Okay. So there you go. 
more than you maybe ever wanted to know. You've got all the context now. <laughs> and I love context so much. It's important. I think context is it important. Is. It's meaningful. It helps things to be more meaningful. And there is the context of the doctrine and covenants and discipleship per us, right? It's right. The, we're two flawed people too, it's right? It's our experience, It's our right? experience and it's our... It's, and the great news is you can pray and have your own experience to what either one of those things means or doesn't mean or could mean to you. Exactly. Oh, all the questions. That's the questions are the best. Should I hit stop now? I know, right? <laughs> I suppose I can keep going. I'm I'm so glad we took it took 15 minutes to kind of share all of that. It was I feel 15 like, minutes well spent. Well, I think it was probably the most important 15 minutes of this whole episode. But nevertheless, I do have some thoughts I I have prepared and that I want to share about discipleship. Now everyone feels the word, mm-hmm. right? Get used to the word discipleship on social media because it's so prevalent, right? And it, I just have to say like, what an honor that you and I get to sit with microphones that are connected with cords to a mixer that then puts it on a little SD card, which then I pop in my computer and upload the files to Dropbox, which then we, you know, transfer to the, the podcast platform, which then airs it magically across the world to we're listened to in more than 53 countries that's a miracle what in the world technology like i just feel so humbled and honored in the context of talking about social media that we live in a day and age where technology is -hmm. allowing us to connect far and wide and that's what social media does it does and can i just just say something real fast though I did. I do want to give this context. I know I have been feeling this way, and I have been having conversations <clears throat> with other people feeling a lot the same way too. Mm-hmm. Social media is a tool. It's neither good nor bad. Like it's it is it's actually neutral. It's not neither. It's both. It is good right. and bad. <laughs> right. But it's neutral. It's like you right. know. Oh, a right. car is neither good or bad. But there if you, you kill someone with your car, you know what I'm saying. I totally with you. Yep. Social media for me has felt very heavy lately. I feel like there's a lot. There's a lot of people using it as a very divisive tool to kind of push personal agendas or or feel like they need to be heard. But because of that, it feel it has felt to me, and I know to a lot of other people lately, um, 2020 election, all these things happening. We've had political divide, we've, and, political yeah, divide. Mm-hmm. We've had racial injustice. Social we've had stuff, all these, yep. and it has just felt very, very heavy to the point where. I have felt like I've wanted to pull back a little bit to kind of preserve my peace. Like, oh, this is too much right now. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this presentation, because I have already been lucky enough to hear this, what, what Becky's about to share with you, is it reminds me that like we are in control of our experience. Mm-hmm. And because there's darkness is not an excuse for us to shirk away. Right? Mm, I'm so glad you are bringing that, that up. Yeah. That there is there is good to be found, number yes. one. Oh, yeah. Tons of good to be found. And Becky's going to go over all this. Mm-hmm. But also there's goodness inside of you to share. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I have been feeling so strongly is, yes, there is a ton of darkness. There's a ton of contention. But where darkness exists, what I want to do in that role of discipleship is to be able to bring light, is to be able to bring hope. And so although sometimes that feels honestly hard, and I have to constantly reevaluate and constantly realign. It's so important because if we don't, guess what happens? The darkness overrides. The darkness overrides. Right. Right? Anything that's worth doing is hard. 
That's right. And I've loved watching you, you personally wrestle with that. <clears throat> I haven't, I haven't had the same wrestle that you yeah. have. I have wrestled with social media in the past with different experiences, but you have recently like really wrestled with that and tried yeah. to find your place with, you know, wrestles the best word for it, it really, is. because that is what it's it just figuring like. it out. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of wrestle, this is the perfect way to kind of segue into, um, you know, a recent experience that I had on social media is sharing a post when I, I was and still am in the thick of something just really heavy, really heavy, which is no different by the way, then the heavy thing that you are going through or that one of our yes. listeners is going, like we all have challenges and struggles and some of them are heavier than others. And I happen to be in a season. It doesn't matter what it is or what it's about. It really is completely irrelevant, mm-hmm. but I'm just in a season of heavy challenge and, uh, and wrestle right with, and, and that's okay. That is part of life. And it's just, I'm fine. It is fine. I shared a post on my my personal account, Real Becky Higgins. And I shared just, I felt so impressed to share like 10 things. I know I don't mean to make a list, but I do. It is your it's, language. It's in it's my language. I love it. It's in my language. And to be totally honest, it's, it's part of the language that I hear from God. I think that he puts things in list format for me. It's because like, he speaks to you in the ways that yes. you understand. And he speaks to you in the ways oh, that totally. you understand. And he speaks to everyone in the ways that they understand if they will open themselves up and be mm-hmm. receptive to that. It doesn't surprise me that he gives you a list, no, not only doesn't. a list, but a list with even numbers, right? Like a very tidy list. Well, I have to be honest, the list is 10, but really it's 11. So I'll touch it's on probably the 11 six one. million. <laughs> actually, do 11. Yeah. Well, and also it was a really long post and clearly I'm not going to share it here. You can go on real Becky Higgins and you can actually see it's a white graphic that says 10 ways I navigate through the hard stuff. Okay. So I share this post. It's part of my processing. It's definitely not cry for help. People didn't feel that either. It was just very like, Hey, I'm in a hard thing. This is what I'm doing. And for me, I just needed to put words to it. And I chose because of the, the nudge I felt, I chose to also publish that as opposed to just writing it in a private journal. Well, why did you do that? Because I felt it. I felt That was, speaking of God kind of reaching us in our own unique ways, it was made so clear to me that this was not just for me. It was mostly for me, probably. I needed to put some things in writing, but it was absolutely not meant to be kept to myself. It wasn't, and I knew it. So Beck, what did it it mean to you to to not just pray in desperation because you're in pain Mm -hmm. and you're going through hard things, but to receive an answer... What does that articulation piece of taking that like piece you feel from an answer into the articulation of what that answer was? Does that make sense? I'm trying to make sense of it. What does it feel like? What to... does it what does that do for you? I guess is the question. Like oh, so many of us oh, pray <laughs> and and we pray in desperation and in pain mm-hmm. and in all, and we feel the peace and we feel God. But then we may just move on to our life, right? right, right. And and that doesn't discount the peace we felt. Totally. But what does that next articulation step do for you? Several things. First thing that comes to mind, thank you for asking me. The first thing that comes to mind is clarity. I feel so much more clear that I that I took the next step and didn't just feel that feeling, but I actually put it to words, in this case, written words, mm-hmm. which it doesn't always have to look like that. But for me, love language, hello, and yeah. you, right? yes. the written word. Um, so A, clarity. B, I hope I can explain this well. I feel an increased amount of trust that he has in me. I feel like he is, 
he gives me information it's or empowering counsel or whatever it is he's giving me even if it's just a feeling of peace but that i've received it i'm doing something with it and therefore he's like okay good becky now i've got more for you are you ready right. for more and so almost it, it's that relationship i that personal relationship i have with him just like you have your own personal relationship yeah. with him and we hope everyone does in some way I feel like it opens me up to be trusted for him to give me more. And I want that. Mm -hmm. I want to receive more so that I can share more, especially with those close to me. Can I just tell you, I think one of the biggest incredible endowments of gloriousness that we have from God is that I, he trusts us. Mm -hmm. He trusts us even when we don't trust ourselves. That's so true. And what I love about what you said is it takes it from a place of passive listening or Mm -hmm. like I heard, I felt to active listening of I heard, I felt, I received. Yep. Right? That writing is the receiving. Mm -hmm. And the miracle is, is because you did that, your answer to a prayer can almost become someone else's. And we know that Heavenly Father uses each other sometimes to answer prayers. Well, and I will eliminate one word you said. With no disrespect, you said almost, and I just would cross that out. Cross it out, right? Yeah. It, it's not almost. It's his. It's his work. It's mm-hmm. his will. We are just people, right? Mm-hmm. We're limited. We're flawed. But if we follow through with what we feel like he's guiding us to do, there's no almost about it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it happens. He reaches yeah. his other children in ways through us, and we are being reached through his other children that are reaching us. It's like, kind of magic. It's. It's like the best kind of tapestry that forms a quilt that then wraps you up and you Mm. just feel cozy and held. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I'm cold and I want to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So let's let's circle back then. So I share this post. Thank you for asking such a poignant question. I am grateful for the opportunity to articulate Mm -hmm. like what that meant for me. So thank you. I love your questions. Um, I do, I do recognize I wrote that post mostly for me. I also, I like, I recognize it as part of my survival guide. And I also, because I believe that one of the reasons for the divine design of modern technology, especially social media is not only for us to be able to reach our brothers and sisters in ways that we couldn't otherwise, but also because social media is a tool to help us play a role in like bringing all of his children together in some way. You know what I mean? To loving each other, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we both love um, Russell M. Nelson, mm. wonderful, inspired, and inspiring man. And he recently said this, quote, let us not just endure this current season. Let us embrace the future with faith. Turbulent times are opportunities. Oh, I love that word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're opportunities for us to thrive spiritually They are times when our influence, lean in and pay attention, okay, because everyone has influence, when our influence can be more penetrating than in calmer times, Mm. right? Absolutely. Without a doubt, I know that we can each experience discipleship, already explained, on social media, and that... That is honestly what my hope is as we continue having this conversation is that everyone listening feels that they, many of them already are doing that. They are already adding light to this platform of technology. Yes. They're already doing it. Um, and if they don't feel like they're doing it, but they want to, maybe I hope that there are some things right. that are shared that might inspire them. Well, and can I add, it was, it's funny, Becky and I are very aligned with our thoughts, even when we don't talk about it. And on the same day I posted something and I would actually pose this question to take it one step further. If it's not, 
if social media is not something that is giving you feelings of goodness, mm-hmm. that feelings of reach out, of reaching out and also allowing people into your life, why are you on? Maybe we need to reassess. Like, why yeah. are you on social media if not for goodness? And that doesn't mean you have to be blasting. It just means yeah. it just means that if it's not a tool for connection and peace and happiness and love and learning in your life, mm-hmm. maybe it's time to step away. Yeah, yeah. Because if it's not, we're going to give great things that Becky's going to help you learn of, of ways to bring that in if that's something that you want to do. But if not, it's also okay to completely step away if it's just mm-hmm. bringing misery to your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. So because we explained what the doctrine and covenants is, I just want to, I, I, I have all these scriptures from the doctrine and covenants that I want to share it. And I just want to say that this year, um, in our church, there's a lot of focus on that book of scripture, like kind of in unity, right? Like we're yeah. all kind of studying it. It doesn't mean we're not reading the Bible or the book of Mormon for that right. matter. It just means that there's an extra emphasis with curriculum that's walking yes, us our, through. our Sunday school curriculum. Oh, I love yeah. it so much. I just wanted to say how grateful I am because there's so much treasure in there and I haven't read it all the way through, honestly, since I was in high school. Um, and which is the first time I read it all the way through. And I remember really liking it, but now as a, you know, middle age, can I say that? Am I middle age? Oh, that was so weird. (laughs) I'm in my mid forties. I guess that makes me I think you're going to live to 150. So we won't be middle age till 70, what, 75? (laughs) In this stage of my life, I am just finding so much treasure. And if anyone is curious about like what my scripture workflow looks like, like how I study the scriptures and mm-hmm. you know what that looks like. I actually do have a saved highlight on my, yeah. on my Becky Higgins LLC account called scriptures because it does tie into the product that we've offered through my brand and, and connection with Deseret book too. So anyway, it's there. And if you're interested, it's, it's a saved highlight. Um, so, you know, as Becky mentioned, when Joseph Smith and all of these people around him were just questions and receiving answers um, back and forth and back and forth, um, that is, that is, you know, kind of how the book came about. And I'm a hundred percent confident that Joseph or any of those other people were not thinking or asking about social media, obviously, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> because hello, this just came about in the last 10 or 15 years. However... I think that any of us who love scriptures of any kind in any way can attest that they are meant to be applied, right? Mm -hmm. We're meant to read scriptures and feel the application. Like, okay, I read that scripture. I know it was from either hundreds or thousands of years ago. And what does that mean for me today, right now in this moment? Mm -hmm. And you can read the same scripture over and over and over, and it can mean something different to you every time because that's what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to apply. And so that's why I'm pulling all of these scriptures from the Doctrine and Covenants is because even though it had not, they were not thinking about the technological advances of the early 2000s, um, that I am. Right. That's what I'm in the thick of. That's the reality you're living in, That's the reality I'm in. And, you know, these scriptures can honestly be applied to everything in your life. But because we're talking specifically about social media and how to add light there, that's where I'm going. So the first one is um, Doctrine and Covenants, section 1, verse 23. And this is all accessible. By the way, there's an app called Gospel Library. It's totally free, totally available to everybody. And Mm -hmm. so you can just, like, pull up the free app on your phone. You, You don't have to be a member of the church. Um, you know, to to access that. And so if you want to look up these scriptures, you totally can. The Doctrine and Covenants is organized in sections. So when I say section it's one, like chapters, verse, yeah, yeah, exactly. The same kind of thing. So chap, or section one, verse 23, this is where the Lord himself 
tells us that the fullness of the gospel will be proclaimed by the weak and simple. So when we feel like, so speaking of sharing his light, mm-hmm. if we feel like we're just too weak or too simple, I, I want to just remind all of us that that's what he needs. He needs the weak and the simple Aren't to we all? share his light. Well, and, and what we are, are all, yes. What are the scriptures, if not just a collection of honest accounting, mm-hmm. the Bible, the Old Testament, New Testament book, these are just normal people mm-hmm. opening their mouths honestly and sharing their experiences. That's right. right. That's these right. are normal, weak, simple, gloriously flawed, normal people. Yep. And guess what? We're normal too. Like everyone, exactly. everyone who opens their mouth in the scriptures is... Is, is just probably has that feeling of like, what am I doing? Mm. I can't even, I don't even think I'm the right one for this job. Why should, why should anyone even care what I have to say? And I will tell you that being someone who's on social media, Becky has actually been very active and for a lot longer than me because she is middle-aged. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the, like that feeling still exists. Like when I'm posting something that's very vulnerable and heartfelt or an experience, there is always that moment of like, oh my gosh, like there is still those human moments that you have to kind of work through. Well, and I also want to add that that part of why I wanted to pull in that scripture about reminding that we all are weak and simple is some people feel that in the logistical sense of like social media, like, well, I, do it, does it matter? I don't have enough followers. Yeah. Does what I say even matter? Will I even reach anyone? It does not matter. If you have 20 or 2,000 or 2 million. Or none. Or, or if you have a private page that's only for you. Right. Like it just doesn't. It doesn't actually matter. And he, and he needs to do his work of sharing light and love through all of us, all the weak and the simple. Let's move into section three, verse one. The Lord teaches us here that his work can't be frustrated. And his work, of course, is is all of us. Like yes. every one of God's children oh. is his work. That Did is you his feel work. the collective sigh of relief? Because you know what that means? What does it mean? I can't actually mess it up with mm. my lack of ability. No, you can't because that's what the scripture is yes. telling us. Like his work cannot be frustrated. So yes, while we know that social media can also be used for evil and that, and we talk about this a lot because we're not afraid to talk about Satan. Mm-hmm. He's very hard at work to use technology in awful ways. And I, we don't even need to list. No, 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 no. All we know. all know. You we all know the fear and the crazy that's mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we also know that the Lord has a plan. And so as long as we are on his side, we can feel at peace in our use of social media and not only have that peace of mind, but know that we're actually part of his work, meaning loving other people, bringing light to other people. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. Now, another um, set of scriptures in that same section. So we'll go section three, verses one through 15. These scriptures remind us how important it is to trust God instead of fearing man. This Mm. is huge. This is huge. We learn how important it is to value the opinions of God instead of people. So applied to social media, of course, this encourages us in how we post, who we follow, the spirit in which we share comments, and even what we double tap. You know what I mean? Yeah, like what we're what oh. we're allowing to be a part of our life. Oh yeah, just every action that we're taking. So, in other words, are we trying to impress our followers, for example? Are we going along with a trend or are we earnestly seeking to do God's will? Right. Which to be is, honest, which and is to share our God, stories. God's will, I believe, is mm-hmm. to love others, share light, be kind, be build courteous. each other up. Yes. 
share yes. goodness, amplify voices. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the things that we can do on social media. And I will say too, like we don't want to fear the voice of the world, but that doesn't mean you totally negate it. It doesn't mean that the fear of the world is going to go away, right? It just right. means that trust in God wins out. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is more powerful than your fear of the world. Because I think sometimes we feel like, well, I'm still afraid of what people are going to say or what the world's going to say. or And so that's going to stop me. Me too. Like I'll say it, Becky. I know you have felt too. Of course there is fear of like what it all means or, you know, in my weak moments, like, yeah, I post things that I'm afraid like what people are going to say. The difference is, is the trust in God wins, right? That that allows me to move forward in a in an inspired and directed way. That's exactly right. Yep. All the amens. Let's move into section five, verse 21. I love this because it's where the Lord is telling Joseph Smith. Many times I'm sure he told him, you need to repent, first yeah. of all. <laughs> get it together. <laughs> get it together. You, and you said that to a lot of people, right? You need to get things straight. You need to repent. You need to walk uprightly before God. And some fun words here, yield to the persuasions of men no more. In my heart of hearts, I don't want to be persuaded by worldly views. I'm also human. And so that temptation can be very real. So that's what I appreciate appreciate about this reminder is that we shouldn't be persuaded to do things on social media that are not aligned with our core values and what God would want us to do. That's and it. Can we just say, like, talk about applying scriptures into, like, our own lives? Mm-hmm. That counsel that Heavenly Father was giving Joseph Smith, like, I think that pretty much articulates in very beautiful language, might I add, like the struggle everyone in the universe has with social media. Like we all wrestle with that, like the, the kind of tug of war a little bit, right? I can relate to that so much. And I know that that is something that God has said to me many times, Mm -hmm. right? Like, come on, you can do this. You're better than this. Don't let it win out. Let's stay aligned. Yes. Let's stay with it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, what's right. Let's not let the tug of war become such a tug of war. Like, mm-hmm. you know. No, totally. That's that's exactly right. Ch- um, I was going to say chapter, section six, verse 10. This one I love so much. This one has like a special, special place in my heart. We each have unique gifts. That's what mm-hmm. this verse is really about, right? And I know you know that. I know that. I believe every, most of us like understand we each have unique gifts. My question is, are you allowing those unique gifts that you've been blessed with to be a part of your discipleship or your action or your use of social media? So for Mm. example, I have a nephew who is a gifted pianist and he posts videos of him playing beautiful songs. That is light, right? That is goodness. That is beautiful it uplifts people so that's his gift and he's using it on social media do you know what comes to mind for me yeah our sweet friend dina wakely Uh uh-huh and what she shares just Mm -hmm. her beautiful art and it's just so it's so her it's Mm -hmm. her sharing a piece of her heart with the world and it makes it it has such a beautiful positive impact on her followers Mm, yeah and then i think of another common friend aaron trimble Mm -hmm. um in a couple ways she like you is a wordsmith she uses words and pulls out analogies and makes comparisons that you're like oh that resonates with me in fact aaron like she has um she started a, uh, I think it's called Motherhood Magnified, Magnified mm-hmm. account, separate account from her personal one, 
that is, um, you know why she started that? Because she was struggling in her motherhood. She was like really researching and wanting to understand more about how to be empowered as a mother. And that's how the Instagram account was born is because she was inspired to do that. And that's her gift. She has a gift of asking the right questions, reaching out to her network of people that Mm -hmm. reach out further beyond just the people that she knows, but she knows how to gather the information, curate it, put it in a post, share it with a picture of that woman who is a mother and, and it uplifts and inspires other mothers. That is Erin's gift. And then we have Wendy, right? Our dear Wendy, who you guys have, I mean, she's been on the, the podcast a couple of times. You know, she, Wendy is over our customer service. Well, Wendy has the gift of faith, right? She has a powerful way of, of expressing her love of God. She also happens to be a um, scripture study teacher to the youth, to the teenagers every day. You guys, Monday through heart. Friday, straight to heaven, straight to heaven. <laughs> those people are going free ticket. There, Teaching Wendy. the teens about Christ. She every, every day, every day, early at morning, five fifty <laughs> in the morning. You guys. So the reason I'm bringing her up is because sometimes Wendy will sit in her car after seminary, and I'm a sub, and I've done this too. So I like, I totally know that stirring that she feels. It's not every day, but like when she feels like she's supposed mm-hmm. to open her mouth, what does she do? She sits in her car right after this class she opens up her instagram stories she's very succinct which is not my gift (laughs) mine either she is short with her words and very direct and to the point and she just shares like this is what we talked about today Mm -hmm. and then she testifies about the savior every time Mm -hmm. that is wendy's gift you can't meet wendy and not feel her love of god you can't and so she's using that gift and sharing it on Mm -hmm. social media. One of my gifts, and maybe back you can be thinking about one of yours, but one of my gifts is gratitude. I'm a grateful person. I literally can take pretty much any hard circumstance and frame it with gratitude. So I share some of those things that I think, I hope, will be helpful to someone else when I share it on social media. Do you happen to think, did you think of something that's one of your gifts so one in the of, context of social media? Yes, I have a high tolerance for honesty. And okay. what that means is like, I am not afraid. Um, I I have a gift for sharing realness. Yes, and so I, I can articulate the things and struggles and self-doubt that I'm having. And um, on my Instagram, a lot of the comments I get and the people is, yes, you articulated exactly mm-hmm. what I was feeling, mm-hmm. but I didn't know, I didn't know how to say it and I didn't know how to articulate what I was feeling. And so, you know, the heavenly father has given me lots of opportunities for struggle in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful. I truly am grateful for it because, um, by me articulating, um, the things I go through and the things I've been through, it helps other people to feel seen That's right. and heard. And I've, it's, and for me, it helps create so much meaning inside of some of those really hard things I've been through. It does. Because it's now helping someone else. Exactly. And so it, it it's just this beautiful circle. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm glad that you were able to identify pretty quickly what one of your gifts are. Obviously, you have more. And what I'm hoping is that our listener can really identify with maybe what one of her gifts is. Of course, mm-hmm. each of you has so many, but in the context of social media, for example, like I'm just making this up, but I want your wheels to be spinning. Maybe your gift is seeing the good in others. Like yeah. maybe you're just one of those people that's like, oh, you just can see good in others. You can see other things people. in others they can't yeah. see in themselves. Totally. Maybe. Yeah. So how do you use that gift on social media? Well, that means that maybe you could proactively leave heartfelt comments on people's posts and help them feel validated and seen and heard and appreciated and adored, right? Like that's not a hard thing to do. But did you ever think of it before as your gift that can be used on social media? If not, now yeah. now think about it that way, right? 
or, or maybe you have a knack for some kind of art, food, creating something. Exercise. You, uh, I literally mean, anything. Parenting. Mm-hmm. Laundry. You, yeah, seriously. Like organization. organization. I mean, there's so many. Like whatever your gift is, that is something. Please don't shy away from thinking that nobody will care or that it's mm-hmm. not valuable. Or that everyone else has that gift too. There you go. Because no one can share it in the way that you do. Coming from you is different than Nancy or Karen or Lindsay, right? Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter that it might be a similar kind of general message. They need to hear it from you, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Okay, so let's go to section six, verse 14. This is perfect to bring up after that last verse, verse 10, because here we are reminded of the principle that comes up over and over and over in the Doctrine and Covenants, which Becky explained so well earlier, and that is to ask him, inquire of the Lord, literally ask him your questions. Everything. And what happens when we do this, Beck? What happens when we ask him? Well, for the first thing that happens for me is mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being honest. Okay. When I'm not filtering what I'm saying and I'm honestly sharing when I ask in anger, in mm-hmm. desperation, in love, in all the things, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm having an honest communication and then guess what happens? What happens? I actually open myself up yep. to receive knowledge and to receive comfort and to receive love. He has that. Mm. All of those things that you just listed that is what he is just, I can, I'm visually like holding my hands right now. I'm like gathering up this air yes. in front of me to say, he's just like holding this bundle of love and peace and comfort and answers and, and inspiration. Everything that he has, he just wants to give it to you. He just needs you to open up that dialogue. Just ask him. And so yes. that is life in general. But because we're speaking specifically about social media, you can ask my friends, you can ask him, what do you want me to do with social media? Like, what should I, is there something I should be sharing? Will you consider doing that? Is there a downside? I don't see one. I I, I don't think so either. Section six verses 33 and 34, a couple phrases that I want to pull out there are first, fear not to do good. And secondly, build upon his rock. And sometimes we get tripped up with social media for all the reasons that we know. We get nervous maybe to be bold about our faith or we worry what other people will think because we aren't sure it's going to be valuable or whatever. The Lord reminds us here to make choices based in love, not fear. Mm. As long as we are built upon his rock, which what does that mean to you, Beck? What does it mean to be built upon his rock? I, I consider it to be like the center of gravity. Like I need to make sure that I'm anchored to light that I'm mm-hmm. anchored to eternal truth that I'm anchored to Christ because if I'm not when I get on social media I hear this opinion and that opinion or that way of living or that way of being or their experience or their success or their failure and it's like I'm just going you know being flopped throughout the breeze of like well now oh wait should I think that it just becomes very tumultuous it becomes very confusing and it becomes exhausting totally and so to be anchored upon the rock of Christ is like I know who I am and that doesn't change in any area of where I show up. Mm-hmm. Like no one's going to no one's going to sway me into thinking I'm worthless because I know that I'm not. That's right. As long as we are built upon his rock, we should never fear to do that which is good. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I really pull out of that too. Yeah. It's just that it's pretty simple. I think it it can be simple if we want it to be. Yeah. In section 10 verse 4, we love this verse because it is here 
that we are reminded to not run faster or labor more than you have strength. Now, what Mm. on earth does this have to do with social media? And obviously it has a lot. Just let that kind of roll around in your mind for a minute. Yeah. If you happen, for example, to get a little ambitious about your social media activity. It's almost like you're talking to me. I'm just, there might be some eye contact with the one across the (laughs) table. If you happen to get to that point, like your posting frequency or, you know, obviously we know some of you guys are running businesses online or things like that. Even if you're not, like sometimes we can get a little ahead of ourselves. Right. Um, I just invite you to step back and take stock. Is what you're doing necessary and is it sustainable? Could you perhaps slow your roll? Just a little bit, mm-hmm. Becky Proudfit. And you well, have. I have. And you have, I right? had to take a step back because there is, you know, as we all know, there's, there is strategy with mm-hmm. business and the algorithm and all these things. And, and for mm-hmm. me, sharing, I always wanted to be inspiration driven. And I also want to make sure that I'm adhering to some of that so that the maximum amount of people, if they need it, have access to my content. Mm-hmm. But sometimes if I put that before the inspiration or if I'm it gets very diluted. And so I have had to take a step back and be like, okay, what, why am I here? And so have I. Yeah. Right. That's, and that's the invitation here. Like we should all be taking a step back and just reassess, be sure that you're aligned. Like it's all good. Yeah. That's why I love that scripture. Isn't Mm -hmm. it cool? Okay. Now the entire section 10, like that whole section is packed with so much clarity about how Satan works. And if you guys have been listening to us at all, you know that Becky and I don't shy away from talking about the reality of opposition. He has a name and it's Satan. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he does not like when we speak out about him and we feel, we feel that, right? It's just the way it works. Okay. Absolutely. So read section 10. If you're like, but what is his plan and Mm -hmm. what are his strategies and how does he work and what is his role? If you want to learn, and I think you should, I think you should understand his role. It doesn't feel dark when I study what his role is. It actually helps me to understand his playbook. It helps me with my strategy, my spiritual strategy. It actually makes me sit a little taller, a little straighter. I feel Mm -hmm. stronger because I know his game. Let me give you a little illustration of what happens if you are afraid to learn Satan's game plan. Okay. And this is like what Satan does because he's really good at trying to, uh, you know, pull up our anchors, right? Mm-hmm. He wants us flopping around just yep. like a little Aimless. plastic bag in the wind. Yep. He wants us just going to and fro and being influenced and yes. feeling like crap. Okay. Oh, good way to put if it. If we don't know Satan's game plan because we're human mm-hmm. and we can flawed and all the wonderful things, um, we may feel like that negativity that the attacks of Satan, the opposition, we start to think it's coming from inside of us. We don't recognize that it's coming from a source outside of us. Mm, good point. Which then, if we're afraid of, we don't talk about, we really begin to think like there's something really wrong with us mm. because we're always feeling this certain way or we're always feeling that tug of war, right? When we take that opposition, the negativity, all the worst crap in the world, his name is Satan, worst crap in the world equals Satan. <laughs> um, when we recognize that as a source outside of us, it, it, it allows us to experience that understand that it is not coming from us so we maintain our self-worth we maintain our integrity although it's hard it doesn't negate the heart it still sucks but we understand that it is not us that's right right and we understand how we can actually use that information use the attacks and and kind of the articulation of that to actually propel us to give us strength Oh, right? totally. No, if you but, want to conquer the beast, you have to understand what you're dealing with. And you have to understand that those things are not coming from inside of you. That is right. And I am so glad that you brought that up. And so really, I want you to consider studying section 10. Just read through it. Just 
it, it is such an excellent resource. Make a list. How Satan attacks oh, me. Oh, and I, I did. I right? had that in my yeah. scriptures. Like, that's why I like Oh, the I can white, give you the, the top 10, of, you know? Well, and that's it's a topic clear. for another day. But, like, truly, like, that is such well worth understanding that so that you can be better equipped to beat him at his own game. So, for example, we're not going to go through the whole list because this is not the episode that we um, right. called Satan. Maybe and we will, though. Satan is a jerk, and we're going to punch Satan's him in the face. Satan's a jerk face, okay? <laughs> Actually, that will be the time yes. when we talk. We're going to do a whole dedicated episode, and it's going to be called Satan is a jerk face. Yes. <laughs> okay, so for example, one of his tactics is to stir up people's hearts, true or false, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Have you been on social media? I know. Have you heard I mean, stirred? obviously, Hello. we see this all the time on social uh-huh. media people get very argumentative and divisive and angry and cutting with their words um yeah i mean i i actually have like a whole list of stories i could share and examples and it doesn't matter but i i know that we all understand that and um and i and we and we're better than that like whose side are we on right like, i'm pretty sure 99 percent of you would raise your hand right now and say i'm on god's side right i'd rather be happy and be in the light Mm -hmm. i think most of us relate to that exactly yes just so just remember the adversary is another way you know it's another name for him the adversary opposition satan like call him what you feel like you need to but he wants our hearts to be stirred and i know this and because i know this even for example when i get a, a disrespectful mean straight up like such a mean comment which can we just not do that guys well, let's just not do that but like if i didn't know satan's tactics and it doesn't happen very often anymore um but when i get that if i don't know satan's game i can easily have my heart stirred up with that yeah i could easily be like oh, are you kidding me mm-hmm. and fight back and defend myself or whatever but i know his game and who is that serving I- exactly exactly Let's move into other scriptures, shall we? (laughs) We could talk about Satan all day. Um, Well, this one's actually related. So in section 10, specifically 34 through 52, it's it's telling us and teaching us and reminding us that the Lord's wisdom is greater than the cunning of the devil. And that right there is truth. It just is. He's smarter. Say that in like simple vernacular. Give me some like simple words. Jesus is smarter than the devil. We are stronger than Satan. God we are, wins. Yes. We know who wins. If we're on God's we are stronger side, than yep. Satan. God is stronger than Satan. Mm-hmm. Goodness is stronger than Satan. Mm-hmm. The end. Well, and let's let's expound just a little bit because we are reminded, because you know, section 10 is all about Satan and his tactics, but we also are learning about the contrast. We learn more about what the Lord is about. What's mm-hmm. Jesus about? Okay, now we know what Satan's about. Let's be clear. The Lord is all about building and lifting and strengthening. Like, that's his playbook, mm-hmm. right? And so if that's the case, and it is, right? And if I'm on the Lord's side, which I am, I hope I'm, we all are. I'm glad right? for that. Yeah. Then I am going to seek to have a social media experience that is not contentious. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to exp- go out of my way to express my displeasure in other people's choices. Because who is that serving? What does that play into? Which side am I on, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I'm really bothered enough by someone's post or opinion, there's this little button that says unfollow. Mm -hmm. Could I, or mute, right? Like whatever you need to do. I will say mute is a great tool. I'm just going to say it. It depends on who it is. It depends on the account. If you have someone that you follow, a family member, that Mm -hmm. might be very contentious Mm -hmm. and you don't want to unfollow for fear that it will like be this big situation Mm -hmm. um muting you can mute stories and posts so Mm -hmm. that you don't unfollow but you don't ever see anything they put out there right i have used mute 
yeah. a lot of times, yeah. you know, when, do what you when, do. And, and maybe not even because it's something they're putting out, but something that is stirring something weird inside of me. Mm-hmm. I need to take a beat. I will totally mute people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and that's okay. You have control right. over what you consume. A hundred percent. You do like 100%. You can't control other people's actions. So don't try to. That's the point. Don't get on social media trying to argue and control other people's actions. Oh, you're not going to change anyone else's mind. You're not I'm going to. that, yeah. What you can do is control what comes into your heart and life. That's right. And that equals consumption. Like, what are you actually consuming? Right. That's the control we're talking about. Let's move into section 17, verse 3. And I'll just share, share a couple more. Um, this verse teaches us that once we witness, we must testify. Now I can break that down. Yeah. Okay. Because I believe that most of us have had an experience that we have felt or witnessed that we like it has filled us with hope or peace or love. And by witness, I don't mean visually only, although visually you could have witnessed or seen something that you're like, seen a miracle. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, this is one of my gifts. I can literally walk through a forest and that to me is a witness. I cannot walk through God's creations, like yeah. literally like walk through nature and not feel his creation, his love that he poured into the creation of this planet that we get to walk upon. We drink water from it. We get food from the earth. Like what? That is a miracle. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. It's just anything that's big, of course, but even some small miracle that you witness or some small Maybe seed of hope that, that you, you received. That you survived something you yes. did not think you could survive. Yes. Right? Yes. Anything that you've experienced, that's what I mean by witness. And testify, you know what that means. It means like share from your heart, like testify. Just share your heart, share your yeah. story. That's it. I think those words mm-hmm. witness and testify feel really big yeah, and like, can, yeah. you know, but really it just means opening your mouth when you see God. That's right. Exactly. Section 18, verse 38 this is what I'm pulling from it. Here's a little quote from it. By their desires and their works, you shall know them. Stick with me here. I want you to imagine something with me. If all that your grandchildren, future family that's to come, posterity, if all they knew about your heart was your works on social media, mm-hmm. what will they know about your character? And not just what you posted. Oh, no, no. But what you've commented. Commented, liked, shared, double tapped, DM. Like, yes, like take all your work, all your action on social media. Now, this should feel very exciting to you. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't, if it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, consider that that could be an invitation for you to reassess what you're doing on social media. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to say about that. Yeah. Just take that into consideration. I love section 19, verse 25, because here we are commanded to not covet other people's life, including their spouse, and I'll add their family life. What does that mean? What do you mean? Or like everything. That, so if I covet someone's life, what does that? It's simple. It's comparison. It's saying, I want my house to look like theirs. Why are they more successful? Or wow, her body's great. Or her kids seem perfect. Or mm-hmm. she's so much more beautiful than mm-hmm. I am. Like. All these things, you know, that comparison on social media is a very, very real thing. Oh, it is. And let's be clear that coveting is another, or being jealous, like these, this is another one of Satan's tools. And you know why it's a Satan's tool? Well, it's effective. Because it literally makes us miserable. Mm -hmm. Like it's very simple. Oh, and that's what he wants. If things make us happy, hopeful, joyful, Mm -hmm. God. 
If things make us feel diminished, miserable, less than, Satan. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Oh, it totally is. And that's what he wants. He wants to use those feelings against us. So if we let our heart get wrapped up in those feelings, then what's happening, right? right. We're falling into his trap. Well, and I will say, like, it's not the person who's posting their beautiful home. Good for them if they're oh, totally. if they're a great decorator and that's their talent, right? Mm-hmm. That's another talent like we were talking about. If that's triggering you, it's okay to unfollow that person. And that doesn't mean that their content is not light bringing for someone. It's just not light bringing for you. Oh, totally. And that's okay. Absolutely. And you can follow and unfollow all day anytime long. you want to. <laughs> that's right. Thank goodness we have that kind of freedom. Okay. I want to share two last scriptures. Now Let's we're going to move it. just outside of the Doctrine and Covenants. Technically, it's still part of, it's published with the same book, but there's a section called Joseph Smith History. And it's Joseph, his words, literally explaining the history of kind of all of this that works together with the actual right. scriptures in Doctrine and Covenants. Anyway, you can see it. It's in the back. So in Joseph Smith History 1.10, verse 10, Joseph writes about, your, I love these phrases, ready for this war of words and tumult of opinions one of my favorite scriptures right Mm -hmm. and because that what he was explaining was like becky explained earlier is that's what was swirling around his area during that time that is historically that is the context like there was a lot of confusion and all of the preachers all of the Mm -hmm. like these godly men who were i believe really trying to do god's work were arguing with each other Mm -hmm. and and really spending a lot of time focusing on discrediting each other. Yes. Rather than yep. just staying firm in what they felt like they should be doing. A lot of yep. their work was was spent on discrediting others. Do you sense that maybe there's a little bit of a connection to what we are facing in 2021 mm-hmm. on social media? Let's just take masks, for instance. Oh, you could take any topic you could take butterflies I mean, as a right. topic and it would be divisive. Very divisive. Right? Because that's his tactics. We're all learning this. Like, seriously, like Satan is no joke and he has ramped up his efforts right now. Yeah. And, and being aware of that, that's why it's so helpful. So obviously, when we think of these phrases, war of words and tumult of opinions, if you understand the context of that time, that's helpful for you to understand what was going on for Joseph Smith and yes. those other people. And also I the mean, application Oh my goodness. So obviously it looked different, but Joseph and other people around him, they definitely felt a similar anxiety in that day as we feel with the war of words and the tumult of opinions in our day. Does that bring you comfort? Well, it does because I feel less alone. It feels less alone because we remember like these patterns as we read the Bible and the Book of Mormon and all these wonderful ancient books of scripture, what we are experiencing, the horror of a pandemic, the divisiveness, marginalization, all these things, these are not new. Mm -hmm. These are patterns throughout history, right? And thankfully we have all of this wonderful wonderful information to help us navigate this really hard and heavy time that we're in. Well, and you just, oh, and thank goodness, right? And you brought up patterns. Let me go there for just a moment as I round out that scripture. Think about the patterns. Joseph was confused. He had questions. What did he do about it? Do you remember? He turned his heart to God God. and he asked. So that, so because we live in a world that has a war of words and a tumult of opinions, we too have an opportunity. Yeah, we've got questions. Go to Heavenly Father and say, yeah. What in the world is happening? Well, and, and what it all do feels you want scary. me to do about it? What do I do? do How do I, I do navigate something? this? Yes. Is there a place? Do you want me to do something? And that leads me to the last scripture, Joseph Smith history again, section one. It's verse thirty-three. In this verse, I am reminded that God has a work for me to do, and he has a work for you to do. Everyone. Every one of us. 
So what I do and what you do aren't going to look the same. Even you and me, Beck, like mm-hmm. the, exactly what you're doing and exactly what I'm doing. That's not the same flavor. Right. You are you. I am me. Karen is Karen. Nancy is Nancy. I, I don't know why these I names. I love these names. <laughs> you're just continuing to I think I brought out. up a Lindsay. Right. A Sophie. I mean, I can go with all the names. Okay. Um, but it it is so individual. It is so personal. So I am not suggesting that social media needs to be the focal, the focal point or the focus of your discipleship. I'll mm-hmm. use that word again, your way of sharing his light, your way of loving people. You're listening to this episode. I have a hunch because in some way, social media is a part of your life. So he needs you to tap into your unique gifts in the way that you are uniquely inspired in order for him to reach more of his children. And just as Joseph turned to God, just as we've seen many um, men and women in the Bible turn to God, so must we. That's how we know how we can add his light to social media. Okay, let's round this out. Round it out, girl. Go for days. Yes. Let me just briefly kind of close my thoughts with really a piece of my testimony because we know what a testimony is. We've talked about that. Social media is obviously a powerful tool that can be used for both good and evil in an effort to cultivate a life, which is what we're all about here, right? That is consistent with our goal to be like the savior, we need to be vigilant in how we use social media instead of letting it be a stumbling block in our spiritual progression or our progression in general. Or our happiness. Exactly. Right? It's not only possible to be a disciple of Jesus Christ through our use of social media, but it is a tool that is helping to do the Lord's work. And that's a movement I want to be a part of. And I want to add that I know the Lord lives. I do. He is in the details of my life and in your life. And I know that he very much cares how you are serving others, not just in the walls of your own home or in your community and your service, but even social media. I believe that. That is a small piece of my ever-growing testimony. It's where I sit. And I am just grateful, Becky, that you and I get to share our love for Jesus, that we get to share our love for social media, that we both understand the intersection where those two worlds can combine. They can and they do. And we get to be a part of that. Every one of you listening gets to be a part of that if you want to. Mm -hmm. I'll add to that. When I went to God, honestly, in pain, in, in, in not understanding, and simply just asked for help, asked if he was there. He created miracles in my life that I just, there's, you can't explain it any other way. Mm-hmm. And I know 100% that God is waiting for every one of his children, no matter your belief system or lack of belief system or where you're at or what you've done or been through or whatever it is, that he is waiting. And he's waiting for that green light of that open communication. Show me, teach me love me and he will. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that because he's done it for me. He's done it for my children. He's done it for lots of people all over the world. He's done it for the people in the scriptures. He's still doing it. And he has made more of my life than I ever, ever could. And the result of that is not just that I genuinely love myself and I genuinely know my worth, but I feel peace and I feel happiness 
knowing that there is so much more out there than just me, right? Than just my world and my life. And it has literally been the game changer in my life because it hasn't always been that way for me. And I would invite everyone, if you're curious or if you're wanting more historical context, more um, explanations, or, or if you have questions about the church, the history of the church, the doctrines of the church, I know there's a lot of misinformation out there. I'd invite you to go to comeuntochrist.org. There is all kinds of resources, all kinds of questions answered, very open and honest communication. And you, short videos too. Very short. You can reach awesome. out. You can reach out to Becky on social media. Mm-hmm. You can reach out to me on social media. We are happy to answer any questions to help you guys on this journey. Mm-hmm. We're so thankful to be here with you because speaking about these things, um, curating content helps Becky and I on our journeys, on our very real, very human journeys through this and trying to focus on light, on goodness, on the Savior. I'm going to close with the words that you guys hear every single time at the end of every episode, but I invite you to listen more carefully than perhaps you have before when we thank you for carving out that time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have most definitely felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We love you. We are cheering you on. And I'm fine and it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. 